my shorts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dave Lee Down Under podcast. This is episode nine. A couple of you made it so far. Or should I say, sorry, should I say, the Mash. Welcome to the Dave Lee Down Under podcast. I am your host, Dave Lee. Yes, very nice. Yes, very good. Oh, Lord. Oh, if, you're, if you're listening, you're not watching the, the, the video version of this, you're probably thinking, what, what the hell are you doing? You've gone to the bottom of the barrel. No, it's the Halloween episode. Oh, Oh, yeah, this is how we do Halloween here in Australia. Dodgy Halloween costumes. And, uh, well, I'm obviously dressed up as Borat, um, if, if you hadn't figured that, that out by now. But if you're watching out there, you can see I'm doing my best Borat. This is like what I could cobble together this afternoon. Halloween is not huge here in Australia. So we like to pull off like a dodgy Halloween uh, costume and just a dodgy, dodgy Halloween. So this isn't really much of a Halloween show or Halloween special, but I am here as Borat. I, ha- I made an effort to do a shave, but I wasn't 100% committed to the role today. So I've done like a, I've, I've just like trimmed a little bit. I don't like doing a full shave. I've got the mustache and then again cobbled up together a, a costume this afternoon. Doesn't look great, but I'm here sitting as Borat. Old mate Rick was supposed to be joining me this afternoon, but I don't know where on earth he is. He's uh, disappeared and uh, what is this? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. What is this? Oh no. Oh, again, if you're not if you're not watching, now I've had this white sheet ghost sat sat down next to me. How, how are you going, ghost? I've had a rough week, Dave. Oh no, it's old mate Rick. Oh, old mate Rick's here. He's uh, dressed as a um, dressed as an old uh, as a as a white sheet ghost. Obviously, I've had a rough, had a rough, rough week. He's had a rough week. No. Didn't uh, survive the didn't, week. Didn't survive the week and come back to haunt you, Dave. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'd, I'd rather have a ghost as my co-host than, than no one, I guess. But uh, thanks again for joining us here on the Dave Lee Downer Podcast. It is the Halloween special. As I said, we do a dodgy Halloween here in Australia. You can join us every single Monday on the podcast. Uh, the episode goes out on all podcasting platforms every week, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Haven't sorted out the Amazon situation yet, Mr. Ghost. Don't know what's going on there, uh, oh, but we'll sort oh, that out. Them. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, we've got a, the visual element, of course. This podcast uh, goes out on YouTube every day, uh, every Monday, alongside the main podcast. But if you are a patron supporter, you can get that uh, two days early on the Saturday. So if you want to be a, a, a patron supporter to support the, uh, the show and the Dave Lee Down Under brand for as little as a dollar a month, you can do that by heading to Dave Lee, uh, sorry, patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee Down Under. If you want to write into the show, you can shoot me an email at DaveLeePod at gmail.com. Um, and of course, please leave good reviews. Only good ones. Only the good ones, the oh, bad ones. Oh, you. Oh, jeez. Ooh. You got some more incentive this week to... Uh, oh, this is too hot, Dave. You want to get out of there? Oh. Oh, my God. I think, actually, yeah, I might I might just unbutton this. Oh, this is going to be a very uncomfortable podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... I did survive the week. Oh, beautiful. That's good. Let's turn off these sound effects because they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> I told you we do a, a dodgy, dodgy Halloween here in Australia. I'm not 100% committed to the, to the, to the bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this uh, blazer on, this jacket on, for as long as I can. 
Um, but yes, of course, old mate Rick is here once Howdy again guys. with us. Um, that was piss week, wasn't it? That was absolutely piss week. <laughs> but that's how we do it down under. That's how we do Halloween here in Australia. Uh, I'm giving you a real slice of Australian life out there. Yes, Dave, it's not huge here. Not huge. It's getting bigger every year, though. Well, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the kids love it. Yeah. Very fun. Oh, it was great, actually, because I was in the UK for Halloween last year. Huge over there, right? And the great thing is, we, of course, all the houses in the UK, you've got like the, the double level. The two up, two the, down. Yeah, the two up, two down. And then, so what I would do is I would just stand at the top room, which was like my study, and I'd just stand at the window just like staring at like, like some a- creepy Some creep. Girl. And all the like trick or treaters would be walking past and I look up into the house, just this creepy guy just like staring down. Oh, they didn't come. <laughs> they didn't come knocking. That was the plan. Go away. We don't Take want trick or treaters. Go away. Yeah. So I thought that was that, that was that was a bit of fun. But yeah, we don't really do it here. I think I went trick or treating once when I was a kid. Um, that's about it. It's not it's not a thing here, really. Not really. Not really. Not really. The, um, you get reject shop and Kmart and all them trying to jump on it, but never really taken off. It's really a very American and, and, and British thing. Well, obviously it's an American thing. but No, it's, it's British. It started in, in England. Oh, did it really? Yeah, and then the Americans ripped them off. But, yeah, I thought the same thing too. I thought it was a very American thing. But, no, they took it from the – I guess the Americans probably are the ones who, um, you know, made it so commercialised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a very British tradition. It goes back to like the um, – as far as I'm aware, I could be speaking shit again. But I think it's like the whole, you know, witch trials and all that kind of stuff that happened in the UK oh, and yeah, it kind yeah, of spawned yeah, from yeah, the back yeah. of all that kind of occult stuff, you know, it was going on. But anyway, yeah, but here, again, once again, it's not huge, as you can see, by our, our dodgy attempt at a Halloween <laughs> show. If you're, not, if, you're, if you're just listening, you're not watching the show, you can either hop on YouTube and check out, check out this opening sting that we've just done or we'll get some pictures up on the social medias. Of course, you can check me out. I should have said at the top of the show, you can check me out on Instagram, uh, Twitter, all that stuff. We'll get we'll get some pictures up there so you can have a look at this uh, tragic, <laughs> tragic. We're going to be cancelled next week. We're going to be off. Um, next week will be episode 10. That's very exciting. So I have to figure out something very exciting to be doing for, for that. But don't get your hopes up, judging by our Halloween show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I haven't had an exciting week. I passed 70,000 subscribers on Woo! YouTube. Actually, 71. 71 now, yeah. Yeah, I crossed over a couple of thousand. In, that in, that uh, 80,000 by Christmas? Yeah, well, hopefully. I'm hoping by the end if of the year. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Subscribe, get please. Up to 80,000 80, by Christmas. I was hoping uh, at one point I was tracking to have 100,000 by the end of this year, but views went down a little bit at the beginning of this year. I think it's mostly oh, the pandemic and stuff. A lot of people were offline and stuff. I don't know. I don't want to blame it all on that, but I, but my performance went down a little bit at the end of the year. It's back up now. It's better than it's ever been. I sound like Trump, don't I? Oh, it's back. It's back up. It's better than it's ever been. It's great. Um, no, but yeah, but we should be tracking for about 80,000 by the end of the year, which should be nice. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, it has been. But I mean, you've got to remember, people are sort of going back to work now. Well, a yeah, of, well, a lot of people, well, like even, even your mother used to say mm-hmm. that when she was taking public transport, yeah, she'd still watch YouTube, well, yeah. YouTube videos and all that sort of well, stuff. Well, so, that's the funny thing because obviously that's the peak time you get people watching is when they're commuting to work, they're commuting home from work, or they're like um, at, at their lunch break and stuff with a lot of people not at work. At the moment, or you know, earlier in the year, unfortunately, um, you know, people just kind of were doing other things and stuff, yeah, um, right. understandably, which is fine. I mean, it, it affects whatever. But with a lot of people going back to work and stuff, you know, uh, I'm kind of, you know, the the traffic is 
driving back yeah, up, exactly. which is good. Um, but it's interesting because I've seen like a fluctuation, like as I was saying, I lost my track of thought for a second there. But um, you, you had those those people on at those specific times. And as things started to change, you could actually see like the peak times changing as well, shifting with it. I can go into my analytics and see like what my peak times are and stuff. And they were changing like rapidly um, throughout the year, which is very strange. But anyway... Hopefully we'll be mm. at 80,000 by the end of the year. That'll be very nice. That'll be a very nice, yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Got to get up to 100,000 and get that play button. I know. I want that play button. Help me, guys. I'm going to stick it up somewhere. I don't know where, but in my study probably. Just don't bend over. No. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> move on. Move on. Um, it has been a decent week, though. It's been all right. We've been keeping up to date on the situation here in Melbourne. Of course, we have been in the longest and strictest um, lockdown of anywhere, anywhere in the world. In the world yeah. And uh, we're just starting to come out of it. And that was, what, 15 weeks or seven, uh, 17 17 weeks, weeks or something some like that? So the best part, of, best part of five months? Mm-hmm. Four and a half, five months, something like that. Well, we opened up. Pretty tough. And then... Spiked, and then we closed back down again, and now we're just slowly. We had a couple of days there. We were at zero cases and zero deaths, which is great. Um, it's kind of fluctuating a little bit now, but we are starting to open up. Stuff like retails back open, um, with you know limited number of people are allowed in stores and stuff. Um, cafes and stuff, I think, are opening. Um, there's just a few little things just we still can't do. Well, I had to go over to the shopping center the other day, and mm. um, it wasn't bad. The, the car parks were half empty. Which was yeah. which was pretty good. So people, and it, but it, mind you, that was the second day. The, well, yeah, the first the first day was horrendous. A lot of traffic outside. Um, you know, where we live, we can sort of see movement of traffic and stuff. Mm. And the traffic was pretty heavy that yeah. first day of unlocked yeah. of being unlocked. Everyone just wanted to. And get And the out. second second day was was fine. It was not mm. not, and that's why I thought, oh, I'll go, I'll go today and get this over and done with. Yeah. And it wasn't bad at all. There wasn't there wasn't too many people, and people were uh, doing the right thing. Seemed mm. to be doing the right thing, most of them. So, so it was okay. And just as long as people keep doing the doing the right yeah, thing, yeah, and keep um, on doing it, guys, wearing your masks. Yeah, got to yeah. wear the masks. Yeah, whether you agree with it or not, just take yeah. the cautious approach. I exactly think. right. Uh, we just don't we don't want to be locked down again. Yeah. Although although I heard today I was on mm. when I had to duck out earlier. Um, the uh, chief health, health officer, health I think, officer, yeah, yeah. Brett, whatever mm-hmm. his name is, Sutton. Brett, Sutton. Brett Sutton, that's the one, um, had said that he doesn't believe we will um, have to go into a third lockdown. I hope not. Um, That'd be nice. Which would just destroy the place. Like it's bad yeah, enough as it is now with a lot of people mm-hmm. losing jobs and yeah. all that sort of shit. Um, you know, we don't want to have to go into third lockdown because it'll actually totally destroy the economy and... Mm. And people's lives. So, yeah. so at least they've got a positive mm. outlook on it and hope they can sort of so keep can, trace of everything want. and whatever. Yeah. And we will be able to stay free. Hopefully. And now now we're allowed nice. to go now we're allowed to go visit family and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But you but can see people. Very limited, limited. It's two only two adults. Yeah. From each household. From a household. And only one only, you know. Um, visitors from one mm, household yeah, at a yeah. time, once a day, and that's all right. We've yeah, still got a twenty-five kilometer, yeah, um, yeah. radius. But th- until they look November, like they, yeah. Well, they look like changing that what weekend after oh, this coming nice. one. I think, yeah, so. yeah. That's all right. be good. That's good. Yeah. So it's start. It's slowly getting back to normal. They uh, what's called as you hate 
COVID normal. <laughs> All these little buzzwords that have been coming out of this pandemic. COVID normal. It's normal life, but learning to live with the virus. Um, so anyway, we're getting there. Um, so that's the kind of the silver lining of this week. We have we have got some spooky horror stories for you this week. Not a bit, not a bit spooky. Not spooky, but very <laughs> scary horror stories. Another courier disaster. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I should have loaded the, the board with a sound effect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Dodgy Halloween and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, another bloody disaster with a courier this week. But if, you, if you've been listening, you've been hearing yeah. our, our bloody courier never-ending series of the last few weeks of <laughs> stuff going missing and yeah. delivering to the wrong wrong address and couriers parking in the in the driveway for 45 minutes yeah. what looking at bloody facebook and yeah it's been weird it's been weird this uh, pandemic has flipped the entire postal system on its head uh, not that the postal system here in australia has been that good ever really um, but it's kind of it's really bad at the moment. Yeah, I got terrible. a package from Amazon. Now I'm an Amazon Prime member. Um, I was. I won't be now. Um, but I had my Prime membership, and when you you can order from Amazon US and Amazon UK through Amazon Australia now. So it's called the Global Store. So you essentially place an order through Amazon Australia, and it comes from the the um, international stores. That's actually a lot cheaper. It's just really, oh, really good. It's actually like um, it's cheaper for me to import stuff that way than it ever has been to, to go buy from here. Into, for, to actually buy from the international stores. And you buy uh, – if you spend over 50 bucks, you get free shipping. You don't have to pay the extra taxes that they drop on top of it from the inter- – it's cheap. Like $10, $15 Blu-rays from America where you'd be paying 20 25 bucks directly, maybe yep. more. So I placed an order through Amazon UK Global Store. Now – Usually, they would only take a couple of days to come because they come like expedited shipping. Sometimes it may take like a month to actually ship, but then you get it in a couple of days. I placed a bunch of orders. They've been taking like two or three weeks up to a month to actually arrive after they've shipped. This one Amazon order from Amazon UK came wrapped up. Again, if you're, if you're listening, you won't be able to see this, but I can show it to the guys out there. It's essentially came in this OzPost bag. So I had my little box. It came in this OzPost bag, and, and it says it says on the bag right there, the enclosed was found to be either loose in the mail or damaged while it's being processed, right? And all this other junk on there. And the the box that it came in, be careful not to show my address there, <laughs> uh, but the, the box that it came in here, super loose. Like this has come from the UK. It's not even a box. It's like a, it's like a sleeve of cardboard with a couple of tabs on either end that they didn't even seal. Just tuck the tags in there, and that's it, right? So loose as, I ordered like four items, one came. Yeah. So three of them have dropped out somewhere, whether that's dropped out in the UK. I mean, they're coming from other side of the world to here, yeah. and I've lost three items along the way somewhere in transit, whether it's happened at OzPost, and they've gone... Disappearing from Ozpost or just anywhere, you know they could have they could have gone disappearing anywhere, or they could have been damaged. They could have been absolutely smashed up. Who knows? Yeah. But I think at some point they've fallen out of there and then just not found their way here. What a disaster, man! So I had to get onto Amazon, and they Amazon Australia can't replace orders that you've bought from third party sellers. But you've ordered it through. You've ordered through Amazon, and it's not like these are. 
third party sellers like some so Amazon like sell. like Mike's Blu-rays or something. This yeah. is an Amazon. You're buying from Amazon through Amazon, and Not they joy. couldn't replace it. Anyway, I, the whole order was refunded um, kindly, and I was able to replace the order. The one, I should say the one item that I did get was damaged. Um, so they they refunded the entire order, which is very nice of them. And then they paid. They they covered extra shipping for me to get a priority delivery. And they oh, a couple of the items were more expensive than they were when I originally bought them. So they covered the extra cost. They were very good with that. But I just think it's crazy that they couldn't. Yeah. Um, well, if they package stuff properly, that wouldn't well, exactly happen. Exactly right. Yeah, and, and it and it makes you wonder. Just if they would have just whacked a bit of oh. tape right around oh, that, exactly right, right around it. Yep. It would never have. They would never have lost it, and they would never the have had to refund your money and then send new stuff out. Exactly right. That's so stupid. It's just a joke. Like that's the kind of thing you'd send a book in, and a book would arrive okay. But I mean, that kind of packaging is okay. I get a lot of books from Book Depository and packaging like that. But the fact is, it's so loose. It's so loose that stuff was going to come out of that. Well, yeah, as you said, that's what you normally get books in. But yeah, a book would fit in there nicely. But yeah. Blu-rays and DVDs, no, they're, they're small around, around, they just roll around. There's even holes on the side and everything. Oh, so Don't you wonder how much Amazon would lose, lose. a year oh, through poor packaging be, and stuff? That'd have to be a lot. It'd have to be a lot. Uh, but that's nuts. Like, that's the first time that's ever happened. I've had a lot of issues with Amazon and the Post, but that's the first time that's happened. But you and I are paying for that. Well, exactly like, right. stuff goes missing, and if mm. anything goes missing, uh, Amazon just makes sure that they, you know, wake up. Couple of percent on everything, and <clears throat> you know, cover the cover their losses. Yeah. So you and I pay for that. Yeah. For well, the exactly. yeah. fuck up. Oh well, crazy. They sorted out. I got a refund. I replaced the order, and it's all sorted. And it'll probably the take me. Thing. It'll probably take me. And they're month. always good like that. Like Amazon. Yeah, they've like always. They'll, yeah. they'll always. They've always done that. They've their always. customer service is really good. That's one thing. Yeah. Mostly. Well, most of the time. <laughs> um, I had another disaster. I got a. I got a. A strike on my channel, a copyright strike. Mm, First time ever, ever. I've had copyright takedowns. Well, no. I've had um, demonetizations. I've had them like flag stuff with copyright. Obviously, a a lot of videos, most of my, all of my videos really are done with footage from, you know, whatever. Um, That are are legally allowed. I'm legally allowed to use them because it's um, fair use. I can use them for criticism, commentary, review, um, parody, whatever, right? So the the way that I use footage is legal. I'm legally allowed to. So a lot of the time when I get a copyright um, sort of like a demonetization or a copyright flag, it's probably some kind of dodgy, it's, you know, I'm in the right to use it and they're trying to claim it, whatever. This time around, I, well, I got a strike because I covered something I probably shouldn't have covered, Um but it wasn't it, deliberate, though. It, was, well, it wasn't really deliberate. It was a leaked trailer for the Tom and Jerry movie. As far as I was aware, I could post it. It was shared all over the internet. Um, I usually don't cover stuff that, you know, as it turned out, was a leaked thing. Yeah. I usually wouldn't cover stuff like that. I got to jump on this Tom and Jerry thing. It went up. It blew up. It was like 10, 15,000 views or something. Um, and I got taken down that night by Warner Brothers who slammed a massive strike. They ripped the, the video down. First time I ever had a video actually removed. And when you get the video removed, they strike. You get a strike. So I've got one copyright strike. I had to do 
copyright school, YouTube copyright school. <laughs> really? Yeah, they sent me this video, really patronising video with these cartoon characters. Oh, God. From Happy Tree Friends or some shit, right? Oh, copyright, you're not allowed to use other people's videos because that's very bad. Naughty, naughty kind of thing, right? <laughs> and then you have to fill out a questionnaire. They're like, do this copyright school and we'll remove the strike. So I did it. All good. Bloody 10 minutes or whatever. And then it says, congratulations, you've graduated copyright school. Your copyright strike will expire in three months. Oh, Jesus. As far as I'm aware, it's not going to affect the performance of my channel, my monetization or anything. Just a slap on the wrist. If you get three of them, they take your channel down. So I've got to just not, I've got to be very careful over the next couple of months. Again, covered something I probably shouldn't have done, um, as it turns out, unfortunately. And I'll just be very careful with what I do in the yeah. future. But as, as, as you said, it wasn't a deliberate thing. It was no. something that you only really realised after the fact, really. That I probably should Yeah, exactly yeah. right. You know, so, everyone was sharing it. It was everywhere, like everywhere. And I just thought, oh, one more, you know. But anyway, that happened. And we uh, apologise to Warner Brothers. I do apologise for, for Warner Brothers for doing that. I won't do it again. It's very silly. That was, yeah, whatever. Big mistake. Well, big lesson, mi- lesson learned. Yes, exactly right. Um... This week, what have we watched? Not not a lot this week. We haven't really, um, I'm, I don't know, we haven't really watched a lot. I've still been going on the Universal Monster films. Been a couple of days this morning, where I, uh, sorry, a couple of mornings this week where I haven't really watched anything. Um, I've still been plugging on these classic Universal Monster films, the legacy films. I did the three Abbott and Costello ones, Meet Frankenstein, Meet uh, the Invisible Man, and Meet the Mummy. All great. Well, the Mummy one wasn't very good. It was like that's like a really late like like fifties Abbott and Costello wasn't very funny didn't enjoy that one very much but Meet Frankenstein is great like one of the best comedy movies ever mm. um, and I've started on the Creature from the Black Lagoon films in three D. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because you you're watching one you're watching one in three D yesterday the day before yeah, yeah. day before yesterday uh-huh. wasn't it, I think. Uh-huh. And I poked my head in, didn't have my glasses, and I thought, geez, my eyesight's really bad today. <laughs> <laughs> then realised, oh, shit, he's watching 3D. Watching in 3D, yeah. Because um, they obviously, that was like that big like 3D boom of the 50s was like really gimmicky, so they brought out oh, a lot yeah. of movies in 3D. So where you, were, you, you wore the, the, the red, and, yeah, red yeah. and green or red and blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they did, they're actually really good transfers. Like they're actually some of the best 3D discs out there, which is crazy. These, oh. like, films from the 1950s. Wow. So I've watched the first two, Creature from the Black Lagoon and Revenge of the Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, both in 3D. I've got one more to go. I can't remember what that's called. Creature Walks Among Us or something. I'll probably watch that tomorrow. And then I've got a couple more, like, sci-fi horror ones. I've got to watch This Island Earth. It came from outer space. And then I didn't watch Phantom of the Opera. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double back and watch that one, and then I'm done. Um, I've got, like, a bunch of Vincent Price horror films that I want to watch, but I don't know whether I'll keep going or whether I'll get to them like next year or some other time. But anyway. They're good, the Vincent Price ones. Yeah. I don't think I've really, really so ever... films, eh? I don't think I've ever really watched much that Vincent Price has the, been the, in. Yeah, but the Abbott and Costello one, they're good. Oh, yeah. So they're, much fun. They're good fun. So much fun, yeah. Really yeah. good fun. Very good. Um, we watched a couple of new movies this week. We, of course, watched Borat subsequent movie film. Oh, yeah, very nice. It's yeah. just about the worst. Uh, it's terrible. I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going further down. And, and your costume. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a terrible costume. It's shocking. It's, ter- it's getting really hot, too. Yeah, take that off. Um, yeah, but Borat's subsequent movie film, very good. That was very good. It was excellent. I loved, loved it. it. I thought it was very I thought good. the first one was better. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, but still, I mean, 
He's lucky. Probably lucky he didn't get himself. Oh my lord! In a lot more trouble oh, than what he did. Exactly right. Um, Particularly at that rally. Oh, that gun rally! If you've seen the footage, there's like footage he oh, put out where God. he like they tried to jump him on the stage, and he had to like get in a getaway car that was like an ambulance. Like they set this whole getaway car up and all this stuff. Nuts! Like crazy. But they like, said they, they they paid for it or something. Yeah, didn't they? they said they paid that like promoters. They didn't tell them what was going on, but they paid the um, <laughs> promoters. Um, to for all the security for the ambulances and like they pretended that oh we got like this like superstar that wants to come and perform and we're gonna pay you for like everything security everything oh yeah great yeah so they paid for it all and then they like obviously staged it so that the security guards would make sure that if anything happened he would be safe right. keep them away from him and then the ambulances that were there as. Like ambulances were actually getaway Get cars. Uh, it was a great interview with him on the Colbert show. Um, on you can find it on YouTube, it's just brilliant. Just his commitment to the gag, and just it's so it's just so clever. It's such a stupid character, stupid comedy, but it's so clever. I heard somewhere where he, he um, in in some of the scenes or something, he was wearing wearing a bulletproof yeah, vest. Three, or something? apparently three scenes he had was to wear a bulletproof vest. I, I think at a so. gun rally, you think he'd be wearing well, one? Well, you'd, you'd think so. But it's the first movie he's had to wear a bulletproof vest for. Uh, but he did, uh, I believe, for the last series he did, Who Was America? He wore a bulletproof vest for a few things. Wasn't wasn't crazy? Wasn't there at that rally? Wasn't there somebody who'd pulled a gun or something? Yeah, apparently someone pulled a gun. It's in this interview. Someone like pulled a uh, like pulled a weapon out. And the security guard had to be like, yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't, it's just not, not worth, worth it. doing it. Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah, nuts. So he's like, oh, just commitment to just go out and do yeah. that. The funniest, the craziest thing is, like you never see him break that character. Like, but they realised it was him, didn't they? They realised it was him. That's why they jumped the stage, right? They tried to get him. He's up there dressed as a cowboy and singing this like, crazy song um, and – getting them all to sing along with him, like, yeah. you know, roping them in. And once they realised, shit, you know, look, you know, tried to jump him. Um, but, like, the, the funniest thing with that video is he breaks character. You see him break character. His English accent comes out. He's like, go, go, you know, go. Yeah. But you never see that. You never see that in the film. Yeah, that's right. Like, you always see him stay in character, even if it's like there's a video of him getting pulled over by the cops in Washington for having recording equipment, driving around the White House in an ice cream van with recording equipment, right? <laughs> oh and he God. stays he stays in character the entire time. It's like a 10, 15-minute thing. It was a deleted scene from the first film. So he always stays in character, but this one thing, it's just it's fascinating to see him break that character and just like be like, oh, I'm scared for my life now. But even, but even when he does interviews, he does the interviews as, oh, yeah, as yeah, the yeah. character. It's and it's, this is the first, first film he's ever... Well, given an interview as himself. Well, first, like one of these mockumentary ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. But yeah, he's that commitment to that gag is crazy. And even um, uh, the the girl that was in it, and oh, her name is completely escaping me at the moment. But even her commitment to the gag in that film is brilliant. Like she was doing, she was doing everything that he was doing and more. You know, upstaging him in certain scenes. Oh, she was fantastic. She was amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, Maria ba- Bakalova. That's right. Um, yeah, oh, she was she was terrific in that, and um, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. It, was, it surprised me. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, Borat, fifteen years ago, however long ago, you know, oh, it's not going to be any good. It's just so good. Yeah, no, it was good. It was so good. It was worth the wait. And just like, just you know, again, when you get to that the core of it, which is like 
actually making a statement. It's not a stupid comedy. It's a satire. Don't want to spoil too much, but there's like a real heart to it and there's a real like there's a meaning. There's a, there's a reason he's done it and done it now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just brilliant. And another comedy we watched which wasn't really that brilliant. It was brilliant in a different way. Hubie Halloween. Oh, God. <laughs> Loved it. Oh, it was so good. That crap. Oh, shit. Shitty comedy is oh. just worth watching. Oh, man. Adam Sandler just trying to recapture that success of the 90s, like when he was like late 20s, 30 years old, just doing stupid comedies. You had throwbacks to the old films. You had all these mates in the movies, like yeah, just yeah. grab all your mates and make a movie yeah. over a weekend sort of thing. Oh, it was great. I thought it was so good. Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi is a uh, – I won't spoil it, but Steve Buscemi is like – a crazy character, and you've got um, a Kevin James, yeah. a King of Queens, just playing just a stupid cop, playing himself, really. And, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't think of his name now. Um, the Animal. Steve Buscemi. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, Rob, 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 um, Schneider. Rob Schneider. Rob yeah, Schneider. Yeah, Rob Schneider's in there. They're all in, and lots of like other great cameos and stuff. Just such a good, fun, stupid, stupid movie. If I love like it. crap comedy. Oh, you've got to get on it. Yeah. And it's. The thing is, it's it's meant to it's be meant stupid. to be shit because yeah. he said when he did um, Uncut Gems, if I don't get nominated for an Academy Award, I'm going to make the worst movie ever. Well, he was never going to get an Academy Award, for well, that, no, exactly. so he probably already made well, this film. I, well, it, I was going to say it would have already been in production, but he's yeah, like, sure. you know, oh, I'm going to release this the worst movie ever, and it's so bad, but it's so bloody good. <laughs> um, but a really good movie we did watch this weekend was Richard Jewell. Oh yeah. Um, Clint Eastwood film. He's not in yeah. it. He directed it. It's got Sam Rockwell, who's my favourite actor. Love Sam. Favourite modern actor. Um, it's got uh, Kathy Bates is in it. Olivia Wilde, John Ham, uh, uh, John Ham, and uh, the lead guy, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, I believe his name is. He is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was in um, I Tonya. He played the dopey friend who. Takes out the hit on, um, oh, right, okay. you know, does the, yep, you know, yep, tax, yep. what's her name? Yep. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant film. I thought it was really good. It's a bit like one of those stereotypical sort of biopic things, but it was very good, as Clint Eastwood movies always are. Olivia Wilde was good in it too. She was very good. John Hamm, they were all very good in it. John Hamm's always good. He's always great. Oh, Don Don Draper. Don Draper. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we're going to get back to watching. I know, we got to watch Mad Men. Talking about TV... This week we finished Fargo season three. Finally, Woo-hoo! we got through it. That was a struggle. That was a struggle. That, that season, was a real man, struggle. just slow, slow as log. Oh, I don't that know. Was awful. It was crap, wasn't it? Was so it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. No, it, it wasn't was, a great one. It wasn't awful. It was terrible. You and McGregor, <laughs> oh, yeah. You and McGregor was great in it, but once I think once the. Um, novelty of the two characters kind of wears off. It's like, yeah. and even the even the um, even the woman in it. Um, yeah, um, Mary. Can't think. Of, can't think of oh, jeez, it's just getting she, me. Was, she, was really she was really great. I thought she was great. Um, yeah, she's great. She was in um, Birds of Prey. Oh, okay. she's the huntress. Mm. Why has her name escaped me at the moment? Um, she's got three names. <laughs> I can't remember it. But anyway, yeah, she, she, like really great actors in there, a great cast, um, but it just it just didn't quite get there. It's just too slow and too, like, all the all of the, um, what do you call it, um, all of the Fargo ones are pretty slow. They're like a long slog and it takes, uh, it takes a while to actually get 
to the point. Except the first season. The first season's great, like beginning to end. Second season was like slow. And in fact, the, the movie Fargo yeah. with um, Steve Buscemi yeah. is a great film. Yeah. It's one of my favourite films. Love it. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, that's her name. Ah, uh, right. She's brilliant. I thought she's great. But yeah, this season it's like it just takes forever to get to the point and it, I, I felt like it never actually got there. Never no, got there. Just, it just took forever. I was like, what was that? Oh, man. Um, yeah. We got that out of the way. There's a fourth season now with Chris Rock, which looks good, but I'm hearing it's the worst season of the lot, oh, so God. we're not in a rush to get to that. Do we have to watch it? No, probably not. It's on SBS demand, so well, maybe probably eventually. Probably says something. Yeah, well, who knows. <laughs> uh, they do like a lot of crime stuff, SBS, um, so that makes sense. We spoke about it last week, saying, oh, why is it on SBS? That's a bit weird, because they don't usually take a lot of the mainstream stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, because they play a lot of crime, crime shows. Oh, okay. And foreign, um, and there's a lot of foreign stuff and kinky films. Well, yeah, SBS used to tune in at like 12 a.m. on a Friday night on SBS. There'd always be some weird sort of thing on there. Um, Jack Whitehall travels with my father. We watched it's like a two part season four. <laughs> Great, so funny. It's a good series that the whole, the whole yeah the whole travels with my father. Yeah, very good. When he was it, did one in India, uh, I can't remember. He did three. He's done three, four seasons. I can't remember where he went, but he's been all over. He's yeah, been all over. but they're fantastic. If you haven't watched them, have a look. If you, yeah, if you like a good laugh, and yeah, there's so much watching fun. some young bloke working with his old man. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and how crazy they can be. It's so just, good. Uh, it's so, the old man fantastic. is an absolute scream. Just a well, he was posh, a, he, what was he? he was a um, um, an agent, an agent, wasn't yeah. he? Really the theatrical well. agent, yeah, and a really well-known mm-hmm. theatrical agent. What? Well, how do you think Jack Whitehall's got a career? Well, oh, his father. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And and they're incre- like he's incredibly pompous. Oh yeah, both incredibly of them. pompous. Oh yeah, typical real posh Brit. And if you know the posh Brits, they're not as posh as they seem. No, no. no, well, no, when no, you, no once no, you scratch that surface, surface, you know. Foul-mouthed and just, <laughs> you know, very just, as you'll see, as you would see with Jack Whitehall's father, some of his worldviews and everything's just very, you know, far out there. I'm not going to lump everyone in a, in a, no, in, in a, you know, but it's, um, yeah, just a very funny caricature, really. It's a lot of fun, that show. Uh, this week, we've got The Crown starting next week, which is awesome. Looking forward to that. Or the week after, whenever that starts. Uh, then we've got The Mandalorian. That's, That's tonight, tonight at the time of recording this, Friday. I'm so excited. I was um, Disney. How many, how many episodes? Is it the whole season? Or just or two tonight, um, the was, premiere. It was a weekly thing. And it's a weekly it? thing, yeah. I put it all up at once. I know. So it's going to have to be one of those things where you go back every Friday, a bit annoying. Um, usually I would get screeners from Disney+, Plus, but they didn't do it for this one. Mm. Um, well, they are, they are doing screeners, but the screeners go out at the exact same time. The show goes live yeah, on Disney right. Plus because right. they weren't allowed that to release funny. it any earlier. Um, so I thought that was quite funny. Uh, but yeah, so I will review that. I will, I'm not going to be in a rush they to sent, do it. They sent you a, a code for the screener, didn't they? They so you, so you could log on. For the oh screener. yeah, yeah. They sent me the screener yeah. thing. They said you'll have it on that, but that's like the exact same time. And, and, the, and the problem with the screeners are that when you watch it, it's got oh, the, uh, it's got. Email address and stuff right across your the name, like of a watermark. Yeah. So you've got to watch. You've got to watch it with the watermark. So on you it. just watch it on the so standard Disney like, Plus yeah, yeah, instead no, of through the, the watermark. You wouldn't watch it through the yeah, streamer, no. the screener no. port. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that, and that's one thing. Like 
if I got it early, I would have to be rushing to put a review together and stuff. I just want to watch it and I'll do a review for like the premiere episode and then just kind of like whatever. Like if I was getting it early each week, I would, I'd feel the pressure to like do a weekly like yeah, oh, review, right. review, try and get videos out. But I feel like it's a little bit of weight off me, which is fine. I'm not going to rush to it because that review is not going to get any views. There's going to be so many people doing no, Mandalorian. Exactly right. So it's not even worth my time really. But I will do, I will do, um, I will do a review for that first thing. Which might mm. actually be up already by the time this podcast's gone out. Probably. Um, this week we also. What's that sound? Wow! Got it. You got it this week. You got the hat on this week. Um, Deadwood update. How many did we get through this week? We got up three this week. Three. Whoa! Big week. Big week. Is this a record, or have we done three before? I think we've done three before. Yeah. But it's been a while. Yeah, so we're like halfway through season two now-ish. Well, we've done six eps. So a little bit over halfway. Was it 12 episodes or 10? 12? I don't know. We're about halfway anyway. Have a look. And it's still out of sync, the Blu-ray. Oh, my oh. Lord. The first, but the, sec- the first disc was terrible. Yeah. But the second one, the f- uh, which was episode five yeah. on this disc, was pretty was, good. I was fine, yeah, yeah. And then... Episode six is out of sync again, again, but not as far out of sync as the first disc. Like uh, if you'd listen last week, uh, we're talking about um, the Australian discs of Deadwood were just um, the way they were authored. There's just audio issues. It's terrible. But then you have some episodes where it's in sync for a bit and it goes out again. And then then you might have some scenes where one character's in sync and the other character's not. It's It's just so weird. Like I can't even explain what the hell is. Well, what the hell happened there? Hard to watch. It's very hard to watch. But anyway, we're getting through and we'll we'll finish it. We'll finish this yeah, series. Tw- at 12, some point. 12 episodes a season. Yeah. So we'll we're halfway through second second season. Yeah. So we're persisting and we'll get through it. We'll get there eventually. Eventually, we'll eventually, eventually. Yeah. Um another show that's coming to Disney Plus soon is one called Marvel's Six One Six, which um is a documentary series about Marvel, Marvel Comics, Marvel Films. I can't say a lot. What I can say is um, what is public knowledge. This is Disney's synopsis. It explores Marvel's rich legacy of pioneering characters, creators, and storytelling to reflect the world outside your window. Each documentary helmed by a unique filmmaker showcases the intersections of storytelling, pop culture, and fandom within the Marvel Universe. Episodes in this anthology series will cover uh, cover topics including Marvel's world-spanning artists, the trailblazing women of Marvel comics, discovering forgotten characters of Marvel, and much more. Some incredible directors attached to this. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. I don't know how much is like public knowledge about who's directing. Um, I, I got the series as screeners from Disney+. Plus. I'm not allowed to say anything about them, but I've got them there. Um, this doesn't come out until like end, like late November, so I can't say anything. I'm like embargoed until like the 15th or the 16th or 17th or something. I have to check on that. Uh, but I did get the chance to speak with one of the directors on the show, and this is public knowledge, um, comedic actor Paul Shear. Uh, he directed the episode Lost and Found, where he discovers lost characters of Marvel. Um, and one of the show's uh, executive producers, Sarah Amos. I got to speak to both of them. Um, very, like, a really great interview to, to be able to speak to both of them. I did that yesterday morning. Um, so that interview will be up again probably mid-November when I'm allowed to actually release that yeah. and actually say stuff about the show. It's the 17th or something like that. It's something like that, yeah. So, um, I, as I say, got the whole series, working my way through it. Can't say anything for a couple of weeks, but hang in tight there. Yeah, that's a, that's a show that's coming out very soon. Marvel 616, another Disney Plus documentary series. That'll be interesting. Yeah. 
I'm interested to see what uh, lost characters there were. Well, yeah. And who they could have used mm. in the uh, cinematic universe. Mm. I've seen it, so I could tell you about one. Mm. Anyway. I haven't. You haven't. Oh, well. Um, I'll have to wait like everybody else. Exactly right. Um, so... A little bit of news trickling out this week. Again, we've been like really talking. The only like big news and stuff that's really been coming out is stuff about streaming taking over cinemas, cinemas shutting down, cinema, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, as we said, we're opening up here in Victoria at the moment. The rest of Australia's really been open, you know, for a good few months. Yeah, you know, COVID normal open. Yeah. Um, Victoria's slowly opening up. I think most, most most states have still got cinemas open, haven't they? Uh, cinemas open, I, th- I think. I don't know. I think so. To, limit, to limited. I think so, yeah, yeah. Limited audience. Um, but here in Melbourne, our cinemas, Victoria, our cinemas have been closed and they're remaining closed for the time being, uh, which is weird because restaurants are opening, um, retailers opening. Uh, they're allowing, like, how many? Did you hear this about the Boxing Day match? The cricket match, yeah. you're going to allow like X 20, amount of... 20,000, something like 25,000 yeah. or something. Um, but there's... 25,000, I think it was. And that's, that's a stadium, for those who don't know, only in Australia, it's a yeah. stadium that holds, holds 100,000 100, people. Yeah. Um, so they're allowing 25,000, I think it's 25,000 yeah. people in. So which is good. It's good to have sport back in yeah back in Melbourne. Uh, but yeah, we've got cinemas, which are, there's no... you know they, they don't have a word yet on when they're opening. Sydney Morning Herald... Well, that'll, that'll be... Announced next week. Yeah, well, we'll, say, we'll mention that in a second. Um, but Sydney, Sydney Morning Herald ran an article about this um, and said, the boss of one of Australia's largest cinema chains said he was furious and depressed that his industry had been left off the Andrew government schedule for reopening while other riskier businesses had been given the go-ahead. Uh, to not allow us to reopen when we have the ability to do so safely with COVID-safe numbers and protocols in place is just perniculous. Per- pernicious. I don't know if I've ever heard that word before. Um, Palace Cinema's Chief Executive uh, Officer Benjamin Zakola said, um, I am furious and depressed. Um, and the morning show actually had um, uh, the head of uh, Village Jam Factory. He was interviewed at one of the morning shows. He pretty much said the exact same sentiments. Um, they're not going to find out yet until November 8th. Uh, bars, restaurants are able to reopen. This is the Sydney Morning Herald said bars and restaurants are able to reopen with limited capacity from October 27 and gyms from November 8, but cinemas are unable to open unless they are open a venue. So the um, drive-ins yep. are opening Drive-in up this opened. weekend. Oh, they, no, they opened last night. Oh, there you go. Think, uh, last night, night before. No, yeah. but it might have been the night oh, they're before. O- they're open. So We've only yeah. got one in Melbourne anyway. Yeah, which is the one out in Coburg. And one down down by Dramana. Yeah. yeah. Um so they're open the village the, it's a village uh Coburg drive in. They're playing like newer films like Unhinged, Trolls World Tour, Antebellum, The Craft Legacy, Invisible Man, and a lot of classic films. Scream, The Matrix, Evil Dead Two, Hocus Pocus, Rocky Horror, Step Brothers, Princess Bride, Starship Troopers, Big Lebowski, Batman, nineteen eighty nine. Oh my god. They're charging thirty five bucks for a carload, which is f- up to five people. Or if you're a V Rewards member, you can get a discount for twenty. Sneak $20. a few extras in, in the boot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we used to do when we were young. Oh my lord! <laughs> Forty years ago, don't know if you get away with that now. Oh no! No, you no, don't no, want to be no. ripping off the cinemas at this time. No, exactly right. That's do the joke. right thing. Do the right do thing. Do the right thing. If you've got more than uh, five people, take a couple of cars, um, and you know, pay like these guys have been out. Well, of, Thirty-five bucks for five people. Oh, exactly right. Seven bucks. You person. pay thirty bucks a person to see a movie in exactly like right. what do you call it? The V Max. Yeah. 
And you um, can and you can order food and stuff. The the, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. kiosks and that are closed. Yeah. But you can order. I think there's an app or something. Yeah, that's right. You yeah, yeah, order yeah. food and they, mm-hmm. and they and you give them your um. There's a number on your mm. on the on the, uh, oh, the parking bay you're in, yeah. and they'll they'll bring it out to yeah. you. That's the way it'll go, I reckon. From future now, you won't need to get out of your car. Well, you, and could, go to that you thing. could do that. You could do that before oh, anyway. Well, there you go. But now it's just the go. only way you can do it. It's been that long since I've been to a drive-in. Jeez, years. Um, so um, we don't know what's going to happen with cinemas. Disney released a new release slate yesterday for Australia. Um, they seem re- they're ready to drop a couple of movies this year, mostly um, from the 20th Century Studios side: uh, Free Guy and Nomadland. Um, which are both opening. Of course, Soul has been taken off the release schedule. Go Disney Plus. Oh, damn it. Um, the 30th, uh, Home Alone is getting a 30th anniversary re-release. It's a limited release between the 3rd and 9th of December, which will be interesting. Oh. Um, they've just done the new 4K remaster. Say, they remastered it. They yeah, well, I bought the 4K disc a few weeks ago. Oh, there you go. Um, Sony, I've got a release schedule from Sony. Uh, they're releasing The Happiest Season in November. And in December, they're putting out Monster Hunter, Peter Rabbit 2, and Words on Bathroom Walls. I haven't heard from the other studios, but I'm sure they do have plans to be releasing movies towards the end of the year. But um, I don't know. If there's no word from Victoria, you know, again, they said there's probably going to be an announcement in the next week or so. I don't know what's going to happen. I I reckon cause, because they're, they're, they're going to announce more relaxing of restrictions, mm-hmm. n- not this coming Sunday, but yeah. the following. It's the November the 8th, I think. Yeah, something like that. I reckon that'll be amongst it. I would have to I th- be. I think they'll open. Have to be. I think they'll open, but they'll open to like 20% capacity. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a, you know, you'll have a, you'll have a 500 seat cinema allowing 100 people in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So and I reckon that's what they'll do. They, they, have, they have to do it. They, they, oh, can't, they, got it. Yeah. they can't keep them locked down any longer. Well, I've been saying this whole time. I'm not comfortable going to a cinema. I don't want to be around. I feel like I could. I, re- I feel like I would be comfortable. Well, you, we were just talking about that last night. Yeah. And you said that you'd, you think, I think you'd be I, I comfortable. I think I'd actually be comfortable to go to a cinema now. Because cause what they'll do is they'll, they'll only allow people to sit every second or third yeah. row probably every third mm-hmm. row, and there'll probably be two or three seats yeah. between groups. And from what I understand, there's not a lot of people going anyway. And I've heard from a lot of people um, who I speak to online or whatever, um, who d- don't live in Victoria, live in other – or live in um, rural yep. uh, Melbourne. Their cinemas are closed in rural still for some yeah. stupid reason. Um, but when it was o- when they were open, I have heard from quite a few people that were going and they were saying, like, I'm the only one in the cinema. Yeah. Or they just felt very safe. Well, a, lot of peop- a lot of people are suffering what they're calling FOGO, fear yeah. of going out. Yeah, oh, yeah. So you can understand. I yeah. mean, having having you know living in Melbourne and having been locked down and you know probably for five best part of five mm. months, people are probably quite fearful of going yeah. out. Yeah, well, I have been. I've just you know? been like, but I feel like I'm at the stage now where I feel like I think look everything like they're going to have all these protocols in place. I think I'd be comfortable enough to go and see like bloody Russell Crowe Unhinged or whatever it's called, or just you know go go to the cinema and just experience like a film in the cinema. A free guy, which looks really great, which is the um, Ryan Reynolds film. Um, so I don't know. I think we'll uh, even Home Alone would be fun to see on the big screen, even though I've just bought the four K. Yeah, I <laughs> but I don't know. But I think you can buy yourself for that. <laughs> you and you and Lockie Della. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like would be I'd be comfortable to go to a cinema now. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't have an issue with it. I as I said last I think last week, the week before that. Mm. I wouldn't have an issue because they'll have all the protocols in yeah, place, yeah. and and you know people aren't mm. people don't seem to be no. being as 
stupid as they were after the first lockdown. Oh, exactly right. Apart from the first day, yesterday, the day before oh, yesterday, Lord, yeah. where, they, where everybody went to the shopping centre. Knockwood. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the cinemas. I think they will pull through. Um, like hopefully it's just another couple of weeks. Otherwise, I just don't know. Well, our drive-ins going to be the the future of cinema. Are we going to have a resurgence, no, a resurgence of drive-ins? drive-ins? Nah, they'll, I they'll, so. I'm sh- I'm I'm pretty confident they'll open it up. I think next, so. next weekend. Yeah, and it'll probably be you know from the from the Wednesday Tuesday night or the Wednesday night or something yeah. like that. Give the cinemas a little bit of a chance to get things ready and yeah and whatever. Yeah, for sure. And, and hopefully you know people will get out and they'll support the cinemas again. And yeah, 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 definitely. And not sneak into a drive-in in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, that's that's something we used to do, you know, oh, 30, 40 yeah. years ago, 40 years ago. It was probably two bucks a car then or something. Uh, no, no, I think back, I can't remember, but I think back then you paid per person. Oh, right, yeah. It wasn't per car. Well, I vaguely remember even when I was younger paying per person. Yeah, and 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 that's why that's why you did it because it was, you know, even then it was it was sort of relatively expensive. Mm. And uh, you'd pile, you know, you'd have a car full of, you know, you'd have, say, three people in the car, yep. two or three people in the car, and half a dozen people in the boot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which is... No, you, you wouldn't know, do it now. Illegal on so many <laughs> yeah. ways. No, you, um, wouldn't, you wouldn't do that right now. But um, yeah, but it's it's funny, funny back then. I mean, I'd seen I'd seen, <laughs> I'd seen instances where where you know we'd be sitting we'd be sitting in the car in the cinema, and then a car would pull up alongside you, and the and uh, the boot would open up, <laughs> and half a dozen people would oh get out of the boot, Lord. and there'd be a cop sitting uh. in a car behind <laughs> them or next to them, and they just they'd just be shaking their head, going, "You idiot," you know, and, and do nothing about it. Yeah, uh, different just, times, huh? Oh yeah, that was forty years ago. So. Yeah. Um, with the cinemas and whatever not open and, you know, worldwide, streaming's been taking over. We've been talking about it. It's just the face of everything is just changing rapidly week by week. Um, there's, been a, there's been a case with Amazon. Someone's tried to sue Amazon. Now, this was reported by The Hollywood Reporter um, that an Amazon Prime, Amanda Cordell in April sued Amazon for unfair competition and false advertising. She claims, claims that the company secretly, secretly in, in inverted commas, secretly reserves the right to end consumers' access to content purchased through its Prime Video service. She filed a class action on behalf of herself and any California residents who purchase video content from the service uh, from uh, between April 25, 2016 and present. Um, and Amazon's come out and said... Well, you don't. You don't. You don't actually own what you purchase on Prime Video, and no, we've been very clear with this. Um, the streamer says its terms of use are clear. What viewers are paying for is a limited license, on-demand viewing over an indefinite period of time. So essentially, you own that until Amazon decides to take it off the service. Well, you don't own it. You rent. That. Well, you rent it. You own the right to view. Um, as long as you, as long as Amazon has it on the service, or as long as the licensees allow Amazon to have it on there, whatever. This is a thing that we've been saying for a long time. Like, that's why we're such huge advocators of, of physical media. You never own a movie unless you own a physical copy of. But it. even that's even that's dodgy too. Like, if you if you owned it, you could do what you want with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't. Uh, you, yeah, even right. buying a disc, you are you, still you own, just. You basically. My understanding is that is that you own the disc that it's on, mm-hmm. but yeah. you don't own the right well, to yeah, do exactly with it right. what you want. You don't own the film, but you own, own a, copy. a copy. You own a copy of the film in your physical collection. You can watch it whenever you want. 
Someone from Warner Brothers isn't going to break your door down and go, you can't have that anymore, take it off your shelf. It's there until yeah, the disc right. stops working. That's right. Blu-rays have a lifetime of 100 years apparently. Right? Yeah, until computer companies stop supporting oh, yeah, them and exactly they right. stop bringing out uh, Blu-ray, Blu-ray players. players and Yeah. Because um, that'll happen eventually. But, yeah, this is a big thing. And a lot of people are just going crazy on their digital collections. It's the same with iTunes. It's the same with Apple. It's the same with anywhere you buy a digital copy for a movie. You could wake up one morning and all your movies are gone because they've taken off the service. They have Their license has lapped. Their studio has gone. No, you can't have that anymore. It's just you are, buy, you are paying for stuff that you don't have forever, right? Whereas with physical, you have it there. Yep. You have it there. So if you if you love your films and you want that copy of that movie to watch whenever you want, right? Buy it. Buy it physically. Because you've always got it there. Mm. Right? And particularly when you're someone my age. Yeah. And you get into a you know, well, I'm far from it, hopefully. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> no, but you know, there will come a time in everybody's life when yeah. you you basically can't get out and about as mm. much and as easily as you like to and I'll be sitting on my fat ass back here somewhere <laughs> in the in the cinema and um, just watching watching crap. Yeah. And if and if um, there's something that I want to watch that's not on a streaming service, mm. I've probably got it already. Well, exactly right. So well, I can sit and watch whatever I want, whenever well, I want. This week we just passed five thousand five hundred and fifty-five titles in the joint collection. Shh, your mother might be listening. Yeah, I know. No, she doesn't listen. <laughs> Thank Christ. Um, yeah, so, yeah, anyway, that's just something I've been on about for years on my videos. I get a lot of comments. Why are you buying this? It's on Disney Plus. It's on Netflix. You know, even Disney Plus, like, I feel like, oh, it's a one-stop shop for everything Disney. You wait. I guarantee they're going to take stuff down eventually. They'll vault stuff. They'll vault stuff. They'll put, they'll, there's still so much. We'll talk about this later because I've had someone write in about it. Um, but they will... There's so much stuff that's not on there, hundreds yeah. of titles that are not on there, right? There's only, there's going to be a point where they start taking stuff off before they start putting other stuff on, yeah. right? I don't know. I don't have any inside intel on this. This is just my thoughts. This is how a streaming service works, and I feel like that's probably what will happen with Disney Plus at some point. We already saw it. Home Alone was on there last year. After Christmas, it came down. It's yep. still not back up there. They came out, they said, oh, it's just rights issues because it was a 20th Century Pictures film. I don't know if I buy that. Um, I just feel like it was a Christmas movie. It was up there for Christmas. Christmas is over. Take it down. So if it comes up next month. Oh, exactly right. That will be interesting. Next more December maybe. Yeah, that will be very interesting to yeah. see what happens there. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, but I feel like, again, one-stop shop for everything Disney, I don't know how long that's going to last. When it gets to a point where they have to keep people there, you know, take stuff off, rotate it around like Netflix does, keep everything fresh. Well, know? they had that vault system with their... With their with the DVDs t- and, yeah. Well, right back to VHS. Oh, yeah, exactly right. VHS and the DVD and the Blu-rays, mm. they they would vault them, what, for seven years or something? Yeah, seven years. They'd be available for like a year. Yeah. If and then, that. then they'd vault them for another seven yeah. years. So they'll do the same. They'll, they'll, yeah. They're going to have to do the same. I feel like it's probably what's going to happen. There's so much shit out there that... Yeah. They probably don't physically have the space to yeah. store it all. Well, exactly right, yeah. 
I mean, they can only they on can, a streaming service. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That'll be that will be one to watch. But like this kind of thing has been coming up. Year, like there was a story years ago with with um, Bruce Willis. Apparently had a, an enormous like music collection on iTunes. Yeah, that's right. And wanted too. to leave it to his children yeah. in his will, and he w- legally wasn't allowed to because he doesn't. You don't own the music. You are purchasing the right to listen to it yourself. Yeah. You can't pass it on to someone else. So yeah. once you pass, it lapses. And I don't know if they've changed anything about that now, but that was a thing that was probably five years ago, maybe longer. There was like this probably huge story ago, yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know, if again, if they fix stuff. But these kind of weird things with like buying stuff digitally, what you can do with it, how long you have it for. Bottom line, once again, if you love a movie, if you love music, whatever, you, you want it there forever to be able to watch it or listen to it whenever you want with no restrictions, right? Unless your Blu-ray player blows up. Right, buy it physically. Buy it physically. Exactly right. And then buy, and then at some point you have to buy a spare Blu-ray player because they'll stop making them. Well, I feel like I need to buy a spare. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Multi-zone one. Because yeah. I don't know. Because that one I've got it's just dodgy. The, the only multi-zone player you can buy here oh, in Australia is like a really shitty cheap one. Yeah. And I feel like it's not going to last long. And the image off it's pretty shit. Pretty too. average. Yeah. I just want. I feel like I want to buy just a spare one just for future proof. There was, there was one on the market that was a decent, half decent mm. quality one. Oh, the Oppo one was. Yeah, but no, I think I don't. I don't know if it was 4K though. It was only. I no. think it was only. Or was it only? Well, that's the good thing with the four. I can't remember. The 4K discs are region free worldwide because they just they haven't zoned 4K discs. Right. I think because it's cheaper for them to just manufacture them in one place, yeah. and then they go out to the rest of the world from there. It's such a niche market that they've got like a couple of plants that do it, and then it go like you get a lot of like titles here on 4K. It's got the UK logos on yeah, the disc. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right? Um, We're in the same zone. Well, ours is the same yeah, well, zone it's the same UK zone. Well. But then you kind of – but obviously they press them in the UK or press them somewhere else and then they go out like around the world, whatever. Yeah. So 4K discs are region-free no matter where you buy them from. But, yeah, I think the Oppo player had region-free Blu-ray, Blu-ray, but they don't make them anymore. Oh, player. okay. They stopped making Blu-ray uh, players. Yeah, so uh, A friend of ours will be able to tell, he's got, tell us he's got one. Oh, yeah, he Michael? does too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully – Michael, make a comment on there, yeah. <laughs> and tell us whether yeah. tell us whether whether it's a multi zone yeah. Blu ray player or not. Yeah, but yeah. there was but there was another. I don't know if it was a Samsung or a, or something that that you could multi zone for DVD, but not Blu ray. Oh yeah, I think the one we've got. To mul- yeah, it's, it sold it to us as multi zone. Yeah. It's a multi zone DVD, multi zone four K, but Blu ray no yeah. no luck. no Blu ray. That's right. Yeah. Because it's it's a it's actually a hardware issue. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Whereas as opposed the DVD, to it's it's software. It's yeah. just software. Yeah. Anyway, um, bit of interesting movie news this week. Not a whole lot of stuff. So we'll just kind of skim through some stuff here. Um, Variety reported that Universal apparently tried to sell James Bond Twenty Five: No Time to Die to Netflix and Apple TV. Oh, really? Yeah. You know how they've been slowly pushing the release date yeah. out on that yeah. one, right? Apparently, they wanted to palm that off. Allegedly, wanted to palm that off to a streamer. They allegedly tried to sell it for $600 million, and none of the streamers wanted anything to do with that. Ah, $600 million. Never make their money back on no. that. Universal denies this, but industry insiders have said they overtly explored a sale. Now, keep in mind, Amazon recently paid $125 million for Coming to America, the number two, yep. the sequel, Coming yep. to America, um, and that was a record 
sale for an acquisition from a streaming service, 125 million. And Universal's jumping in the game, giving me 600 million. Well, James Bond would be worth more than James that. Bond would make a Coming billion. To America. James Bond would make a billion at the box office. Yeah, I for sure. Don't think the last one. Not did. on a streaming service, though. No I'd way. I'd imagine they're going to get enough people to 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 either stay yeah, connected exactly or right. connect to. It wouldn't be a worth their money on a streaming that. service. No way. Um, like, They'd probably be paying two fifty, maybe. Probably. Um, but the last James Bond, but then that would not be worth it for the studio. Uh, they were no, that's right. They were saying that they'd lost like maybe fifty million, twenty to fifty million dollars on all these pushbacks, which was allegedly why they wanted to sell it off to a streamer. Just get it off our hands. We were losing so much money. Um, but the last James Bond film, I don't think made a billion, but the previous one did, and maybe the one before that. Um, and this is Daniel Craig's last film as Bond. It'd be huge. Thank Christ. Everyone, well, yeah. <laughs> I hated the last one. Oh, oh, it was terrible. I hated it. Um, it's only one of the, one of his that I've liked, I think. Casino Royale was good. I liked Skyfall was great. Which is the one Skyfall you really was liked. one I liked, yeah. Um, but the other two, was just what, trash. Just crap. Um, but, yeah, so that was one, that's a film that would make a billion dollars at the box office. So Universal's desperate trying to get rid of it for 600 allegedly. Um, but they'll, I don't never, they'll never get that. No, they won't, and I don't think that'll go streaming. That'll go to a cinema. Well, it's going to have to. I think if they, if Universal want to make their money back, they're going yeah, to have to take it to a exactly cinema. Right. Even if they push it back and push it back mm. and push it back like they have been, yeah, they'll still make their money back on it that way. Exactly right. It's probably frustrating for them. They think yeah. they're not going to make their money back. They'll make their money. Oh, back of course, on whenever it. people flock but to see it, unless it's a piece of tsh, absolute trash. Yeah. Um, and the word gets out that it's trash, and no one will go see it. Well, the last one was, but I think that still made eight hundred million dollars. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But who knows in this, again, in this climate, who knows how many people are going to be going to the movies, how much money these people are going to make. I think everyone's just at panic stations at the moment. Just get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. I think we'll see Bond in cinemas. It's set for cinemas in April 2021. Again, after being pushed back, I think at least twice this year. Um, We've got a couple of exciting movies coming to streaming, one of which I'm particularly interested in is called uh, Midnight Sky. Yeah. Not to be confused with the recent Miley Cyrus single, also called Midnight Sky. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> completely unrelated. It's God. not like that's the, it's not like that's the um, the theme song to the film. No, completely unrelated. This is like a sci-fi thing. It's got George Clooney in it, um, Felicity Jones, David Oyelowo, uh, Kyle Chan, uh, Kyle Chandler, the coach, coach. Um, it's an adaptation of Lily Brooks Dalton's acclaimed novel Good Morning Midnight. That would have been a good name for it. Good morning, midnight. To, yeah. Especially to um, avoid confusion with the Miley Cyrus track. It's not a bad track, actually. Um, but anyway, the film is called uh, is about it's a post apocalyptic trail a tale which follows Augustine, a lonely scientist in the Arctic, as he races to stop Sully and her fellow astronauts from returning home to Earth, where a mysterious global catastrophe has taken place. Uh, it's directed by George Clooney as well. I was going to say before, I think it's directed by him, but I wasn't too sure. This is coming to Netflix on December 23rd, so a couple of days before Christmas. Um, we're going to take a very, very quick look at the trailer for this one. I'm very excited for it. Uh, let's have a look. This is Ether. Does any one copy? We're not receiving anything. That puts our last contact with Mission Control out. Three weeks. That's either. It's a spaceship that we hoped would be our future. I have to warn them about the conditions on Earth. I don't know all the details. It started with a mistake. There you go. Midnight Sky. Star- Starring and directed by Giorgio Clunu. 
Doesn't look bad at all. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It looks very good. Like great production value. Looks like it's got a big budget. I thought that this was maybe something that was produced for cinemas and then got handballed off to Netflix. But no, apparently this has been a Netflix production from the beginning. Mm. This feels very much like Interstellar, yeah, Ad Astra, Gravity, say. just yeah. very similar. Yeah, Ad Astra definitely. Um, it's always like that really kind of like a guy who is, um, you know, going through some life sort of arc thing, trying yeah. to discover himself while discovering family and all these like things of his past, whatever. But I love those movies. I'm not a huge science fiction fan, but I love these films that have been coming out the last few years, which is like space set movie, a very human story. I just love them. And the music's always so like ethereal and euphoric. I just love them. I think they're really good. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, um, yeah. it looks, looks good. It should be good. When, when's that? Uh, December 23rd, so a few days before Christmas. Um, and I'll be watching that day one, I reckon. Oh, for sure. For sure. That looks really, really good. Always like uh, Clooney's I stuff. love Clooney. Yeah. I love Felicity Jones. Clooney. She is one of my favourite um, actresses, um, like current actresses. Yeah. I think she's great. She doesn't do it enough. I was thinking recently, she hasn't been anything in ages. And the last thing I remember her being in was like maybe Rogue One. I'm sure I've probably seen mm. her in something since then. But she's, I, I love her. I think she's great. And, of course, Carl Chandler, man. Coach. coach. Love Coach. Oh, love Coach. coach. David Yellow is great. Yeah, so that looks pretty good. Another movie that's coming out that oh, doesn't look really that great. It's one called Songbird. This is from Michael Bay. I don't know when this is coming out, where it's coming out. Um, it's, uh, it's a dystopian thriller about COVID. Oh, God. Um, Already? The, the tagline is, the only way out is together. It stars KJ Apper, Sophia Carlson, Craig Robinson, Bradley Whitford, Peter Stomare, uh, Alexandra Daddario, Paul Walter Hauser from uh, Richard Jewell, yep. and uh, Demi Moore. Variety mm. reports that the movie takes place in 2024 and, um, and KJ Apper and Sophia Carlson uh, play a couple separated by the pandemic and living under martial law. Apper's character claims to be immune from the virus, which may help him as he searches for his girlfriend, who is forced to evacuate her apartment after her neighbour contracts the virus. Uh, it's, a, it's a dystopian, scary world, but it's a romantic movie about two people who want to be together, but they can't, says director Adamson Mason, told Entertainment Weekly. It's Romeo and Juliet, but they're separated by her front door and by the virus. Mm. Um, How can you take it seriously? Well, is just Craig a, Robinson. Craig uh, Robinson, Bradley Whitford. Well, uh, well Bradley <laughs> Comedi- Whitford. Comedic actor. Well, well Brad, Bradley Whitford, yeah, he's, he's quite good. He's done a lot of drama. Like he did the West Wing. West Wing, he was great in the West um, Wing. But he was, I guess, a bit of a comedic character in that. But he's done a lot of good drama stuff. Craig Robinson maybe is trying to take like a drama turn. As far as I'm aware, it's he's not probably, a comedy. He's probably good. Probably. A lot of the good I lot like of comedic him. actors yeah. are really good dramatic actors. Yeah. But it was just a matter of time someone did this. We said at the very beginning, yeah, how, how long is it going to take? Until someone makes a movie about this. A lot of people online are criticising it for being tone deaf and out of touch. Is it too early to do a movie like this? Uh, probably. Probably. <laughs> Leave it a couple of years, I think. God. Well, one thing Why I... put a film out about it while you're living through yeah, it. Yeah, well, this is a rather interesting thing. Um, World War Two. They were making World War Two movies during, during the World War Two. That's right. During the yeah. war, a lot, yeah, of them, a lot of that was propaganda. A lot of it was propaganda, but a, but a lot of the, like huge, big Hollywood classic movies we consider to be classics now were made during World War Two. 
about World yeah. War Two. Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin did a movie called The Great Dictator. It was a satire. That's it was right. like a scathing criticism of anti-fascism, uh, anti-Semitism, uh, the Nazis, Hitler, all of that. It was actually one, a talkie, a talking film. He delivered yeah. this soliloquy at the end. At, like he played like a, it was essentially like the Borat of the time. Yeah, where he played <laughs> Hitler like a, you know, a, a, like a like caricaturized version of Hitler. Um, and delivered this soliloquy at the end, which was like asking for peace and love and stuff. People tried to like cancel him back then because he came out and made this huge politics. We don't want to hear politics in your movie. Really? You're a comedic actor. I Just bloody that. stick to pratfalls and stuff. Yeah, they tried to like almost ruin his career because he did this film. Wow. So it's times haven't that. changed a lot. There's no. a lot of cancel culture right now, but even back then when Chaplin did yeah. this during World War Two, But maybe that's, that's again that same kind of um, that pushback, like it's too early. Mm. Chaplin even said if he knew, because obviously um, everything with the, the Nazis and the concentration camps and all that, they didn't find that out until the end of the war because it was so secret in, in Germany um, and, you know, mass genocide and all that stuff. Um, he came, Chaplin came out and said, um, I wouldn't have made the movie if I knew the extent oh, of what okay. the Nazis were doing. Oh, really? You know, the whole the Holocaust and everything. Wow. Um, so, again, maybe it's that thing about is it too soon? Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch a film that's no. uh, that's about something we're actually living yeah. through at, the, at this point in time. Uh, as I said, a lot of classic movies were, were made in World War Two. Hitchcock's Flying Correspondent, All Through the Night, Across the Pacific, Flying Tigers, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, Mrs. Miniver, Winged Victory, Casablanca. They were all about World War Two, and they were made in World War Two. Wow. Um, but I don't know. I feel like maybe it's a different kind but of thing. Maybe if it's look if it's if it's made in the right tone. Yeah. Um, it could serve as a bit of a historical document. Yeah, but there's it, a lot of a lot of that a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. When you look at it, is is a bit of a historical document. Yeah, yeah. It's and, it like might, and it might serves like that. I guess that's a lot, that was life then. So you're going to make yeah. movies about how life is, but and I suppose fifty years down the track, mm. there'll be there'll be films. You know, there'll be there'll, oh, there'll be there'll so be a lot more films about yeah. about the pandemic mm-hmm. that that you know. Your children and yeah. their children, whatever, will have these documents about what we lived through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll happen. But again, as you said, it's probably the way you do it. Yeah. So the way this is doing it, set in the dystopian future. What if COVID takes over? What if we're stuck in lockdown for four years? It's like, maybe I think it is. Yeah, just a very kind of just not the right way of doing no, it, not the right no. doing a COVID movie. It's what I feel too. Turning this situation we're all living into into a horror film essentially um, and it's almost like could this like get people like maybe a little bit more edgy than they already are? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think, that, I think yeah, there's a very big difference between. I think I think that sort of film yeah. should be left until After until it, it's. We know it's okay. It's, um, yeah, exactly People right. are not dying anymore. Yeah. It's just like, oh, here's a hypothetical of what could have happened, not here's a hypothetical of what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I was going to take a little look at a trailer of that, but I don't think we need to. No, I don't think so. Um, look, this is a Halloween special, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk a little bit about some of our favourite horror films people want to be interested in. This is about all I can think of to do for a Halloween show. We've written down some good horror films that we like. I'm. I think you're probably the same... More of a psychological horror kind of fan. Yeah, I don't like slasher horror. Don't like slasher. Don't, don't be like fan of slasher films. Gore, no, stuff like that. Really. I haven't ever been able to get a into. A little bit of gore here and there, and yeah, 
in the right place and yeah, but like in the right tone of the film. Slasher gore is not something I can no, get into. Not or like all. those like Italian gore films. Oh, like Some the, of them. No, terrible. Um, the Shining is probably my favourite horror film oh, of all it'd time. Be, it'd be right up there with yeah. me. It scared, scared the bejesus yeah. out oh, of me. Because yeah. I, I saw it at the cinema when it was mm. first released. Mm. Scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> it's still creepy. I don't know how many times I've seen it. So many. Dr. Sleep, I loved the sequel. That was good. I thought it was ev- that was really yeah. good. It, like, it lived yep. up to it so well. Yeah. A couple um, of others. I, I enjoyed The Conjuring. Oh, yeah. Annabelle. It. It's probably my favourite. The Conjuring. Uh, they're, they're, Modern horror. They were pretty good. I really great, enjoyed those. Great. Yeah. Um, Hitchcock classic. Psycho, The Birds. Again, not full horror, more like psychological stuff. Uh, and very, I guess, dated horror. But I yeah. love them. I love yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah. Signs. Signs was I enjoyed the sign. I, uh, signs. I can't really remember that one that well, but I do remember enjoying it. Mel, uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, Sixth Sense is great, yeah. but again, that's probably more thriller than horror. I don't yeah. know. Um, Omega Man. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> Charlton Heston. That scared the shit out yeah. of me. That is a cr- that is pretty. That full really on. scared the shit out a of me. Bit dated now, but yeah, very. Um, but the I am Le- I, the I Will am Smith version. I am Legend. Brilliant. The remake that, that was that's really good. I Very good. really enjoyed that. There was a, well, Omega Man was actually a remake to begin with. The first version was uh, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's been three Didn't versions. It was that. based on the book I Am Legend. So it took them three films until they finally named one after the after oh. the book. But now they're they're both good films. Yeah. yeah said yeah. the Omega Man. <laughs> yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Was it? What Heston? What's he? The 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 world's best worst actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. funny saying. Brilliant. Um, uh, Secret Window. Yeah, that's creepy. As. Johnny Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp and uh, John Turturro. Was it John oh, Turturro? Yeah. You stole my story. Oh, brilliant <laughs> film. So good. Um, Love it. In- John Turturro does has done so some good. great yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Insidious was good. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Um, don't think we watched the sequels though, from memory. Maybe the second. Maybe one? the I second know. one. I don't think we enjoyed that no. that much. No. The Witch. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, that was like um, a few years back. Yeah, yeah, that was very, very good. Surprising one. Mm. Very surprising. Um, yeah. Wolf Creek. Aussie horror. Oh, my God. Full on. Looks like <laughs> You look like the poor <laughs> from <it>. Scary. <laughs> I can tell you. Uh, but I don't have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Like, I don't know, White Noise. Great movie with Michael Keaton. One of your favourites. Oh, I love that. Ah, oh, so good. Scared the shit out of you and your mate. Oh, I, that was so scary, that movie. I was, watching, I was watching it by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Did it have the lights off? I had the lights like off. You, yeah, everything was had off. The, had all the lights off. And you and your mate, you were only young. You were only yeah. young. 10 years old or oh, something at the time. 12 or something probably. 12, and you had a – was it Della? Oh, it might have been Ferguson. Ferguson, Lockie Ferguson yeah. I think it was. And I was watching it and um, your mother had gone to bed because yeah. she wasn't going to watch it. Yeah. And there's one scene in there where there's a, there's a, sque- a scream. Jump scare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Scared the crap out of me and you and you and Ferguson <laughs> came running out of your bedroom sort of, the, sort of the top of the, at the top of the steps at the family room. And you went, oh, what was that? <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking like oh, it's soon to go. So funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. But oh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, great film. Um, it. It, yeah, good, good. It was only, but the, the new one I didn't, I didn't feel was as scary as no. I was hoping for it to be. But the original was good. The original was great with yeah. uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, that was yeah. more that was more psychological. Yeah, as well. Um, yeah, so many. A uh, quiet place. You haven't watched that yet. We've got to get you onto that brilliant yeah, movie. Second one that. was supposed to come out this year, but um, unfortunately, pandemic and everything. A couple happened. of older ones: Poltergeist, Carrie, Christine. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, American, TV series American Horror Story. I love Story. American Horror Story. I haven't watched it. You haven't watched it. First no. season, so good. Oh, my Lord. So mm. good. Love it. Uh, let's get on to some subscriber questions and round the show out today. What do you reckon? Let's do that because yep. we're uh, oh, we're getting short on time. Yeah. Well, we're over our hour. <laughs> well, I wanted to do an hour today, but that never happens never anymore. Ha- never <laughs> Can't shut our mouths. Yeah. Um, okay, first question, Anthony Fisher, yep. who is a Patreon. Mm-hmm. What is your favourite movie soundtrack of all time? Ooh. Jotted a few down here, haven't we? Yeah. Now, it depends whether you're talking about like a score or a soundtrack. Okay, so there's scores. Scores. Well, my personal favourites, I had to look through my record collection. Um, Black Swan, the Black Swan soundtrack by Clint Mansell. Um, he kind of, um, it is the Swan Lake, the Tchaikovsky Swan Swan Lake score, the ballet, but made it very like horror-ish, like thriller-ish. Um, and it's almost like, um, yeah, he, he kind of remixed it to be more, you know, thrilling and stuff. He was like amazing score, like like the best score of that year was not eligible for an Oscar nomination because it was based on a previously existing work, unfortunately. Um, But I love that. The Interstellar score by Hans Zimmer, really anything by Hans Zimmer is great, but Interstellar is like up there. If I I tried listening to that, occasionally I go to sleep, I put some music on. I tried listening to that when I went to sleep and I had weird dreams, so I never did it again. (laughs) Um, uh, Michael Giacchino, I love his stuff. Ratatouille, Up. Um, the Light Between Ocean soundtrack is one that I've been drifting towards recently. I love it. Didn't really yeah. like the movie, but I love the score. So, yeah, the, the score's nice. Yeah, Alexandra really nice. Desplat did that. Um, oh, just gorgeous. Oh, he's great. He's done some really great music. And really anything by John Williams, but Jurassic Park, I think, is my like ultimate John Williams um, score. Yeah. Yeah. Soundtracks, we've soundtracks. jotted some down. Oh, yeah. Blues Brothers. Oh, one yeah. of my favourites. Greatest soundtrack love ever. Love the yep. Blues Brothers. Uh, what else do you got? Pulp Fiction. Yep. Guardians, yeah, Volume One and Two, both great. Um, Reservoir Dogs, yeah, Shrek, Shrek, yes, oh, Shrek soundtrack rocks. I am Sam, yeah, love yeah. the I am Sam, great the Beatles soundtrack uh, covers, yeah. yeah. Uh, Batman, Batman Forever, Forever. No, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, such a good one. Some really good, uh, some really good music on that. I really, really like that. Yeah, uh, Gatsby. I love the Gatsby soundtrack. Yeah. So good. Yeah, uh, Apocalypse Now is another yeah. one. Oh. So there's a lot of good stuff out yeah. there. A lot of good lot soundtracks. Of, a lot of really good stuff out yeah. there. Yeah. Next question. Blake. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our old mate Blake from up in Queensland. Yep. Thanks, Blake. Uh, Patreon again. How good was the Melbourne Storm grand final win? It's oh, yes. Yeah, he loved it. It was he fantastic. It. Yeah. It, it, it fixed my weekend up mm-hmm. because I watched uh, the AFL grand final the night yeah, before yeah, and the, yeah. the team that won wasn't the team I wanted to win. Yeah, it wasn't my team anyway that got beat. But unfortunately... Richmond beat Geelong, and I didn't enjoy that. And yeah, and uh, I was hoping for Melbourne Storm win, and we got, got it. There. It was fantastic, Beautiful. and it was a great win. Mm-hmm. Um, they almost stuffed it up towards the end, but mm-hmm. they always, they were always in control of the whole game. That was great. There you go. So yeah, so thanks, thanks for asking, Blake. It was, uh, yeah. it was, uh, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Rogers, MGB, is another yep. Patreon. Now that the lockdown is slowly coming to an end for us Victorians, oh, there's another Victorian. Yeah, it's good. Um, how we, uh, how's it going across Melbourne now that things are starting to get back to normal, like us in regional Victoria? Uh, he's in Bendigo. Uh, well, I guess we covered it uh, in the show. Yeah, it's going all right. We're getting yeah. better. We're coming out of lockdown. Things are getting to COVID normal. Yeah, so um, we can so get out. We're going okay. We can get out and about now, and we yeah. can go and you know. 
yeah. go to the shopping centre and do what we have to do. And we've got no restrictions on yeah. movement and mm-hmm. and uh, nice. the reasons we can get out of, you know, because we only had four, four reasons, reasons to leave the house. Whatever. Now we can do whatever. and yeah. So it's good. But uh, you still have restrictions. But, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, so Tyler, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for asking. It's um, yeah. getting better. Mm. Uh, Josh M. Shepard. Yeah. Uh, writes, what does he write? He writes for, for What's on, what's Disney, on Disney Plus. Plus. Good it's vlog. A vlog. Yeah. Uh, love your show. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Uh, clearly, The Mandalorian Season 2 will soon overshadow uh, other Disney Plus topics, but when you look at a list of over 600 Disney owned films and series missing from Disney Plus, do any stand out uh, as uh, a Agrarious. Agrarious, I couldn't. Okay, <laughs> Agrarious uh, or bizarre oversights. Yeah, oh, well, we kind of, again, Josh Shepard writes for um, it's What's on Disney Plus is a vlog, and they have a blog. I believe he writes for the blog. Um, but he's published this massive, uh, this article, um, which is like 600 titles missing from Disney Plus. And he's done this awesome job of like breaking down all these movies that aren't on there, like big Disney films and stuff. I had a very quick look through, and some of the ones that really stood out for me, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, all the other Pirates movies are on there. One, two, three, and five, but four is not on there. That's a weird one. Home Alone films, as we touched on before, are not on yep. there. Father of the Bride, great, like Touchstone oh, films, that. not on film. there. The Ernest films. Ernest goes to camp, saves oh, Christmas. They were, they were they were stupid. Fun. They were good, fun, crap movies. But I loved growing. I loved them as a kid. They played oh, on you Disney them over and oh, over again. They're always on Disney yeah. Channel. I'd borrow them from from Blockbuster. Love those movies. And there's so many Walt era classics that are not on there. There's like maybe fifteen of them on there, maybe. And stuff like Make My Music, um, uh, Victory Through Air Power, So Dear to My Heart, like animated ones, So Dear to My Heart was a animated live-action hybrid. Song of the South isn't on there, but it doesn't stand out as bizarre because we all know why Song of the South by Disney doesn't release that anymore. Um, but even stuff like Old Yeller, Son of Flubber, Now You See Him, Now You Don't, one of uh, Kurt Russell's first films, Computer War Tennis Shoes, uh, likewise, Lieutenant uh, Robinson Crusoe, which is a Dick Van Dyke film, brilliant. And all of those like wonderful World of Disney documentaries and the hundreds and hundreds of Disney shorts that aren't on there. Um, but like, I, like we said before, it's going to be this thing where they have to, they're going to have to hold stuff off. They have to hold time. They can't put everything up there at once. Yeah, you no. know, you can't put the entire back catalogue up because everyone will just power through it, and then why am I going to be why am I going to be Disney Plus subscriber anymore? No, exactly. You're just right. there for the new stuff, you know, the exclusive stuff. You got to keep turning it over to keep you exactly interested. right. So they're going to hold a lot of stuff off. It'll go on there eventually, maybe, maybe again at the expense of other stuff. Who knows? But uh, yeah, that, for me anyway, I went through your list, which is really great. Um, but they're the ones that really stood out for me in particular. Mm. Uh, Matthew. How do you pronounce your surname? Um, Matioko, I think. Matioko, yep. something like that. Sorry for pronouncing it wrong, Matthew. Yeah, um, if Disney Plus launches an adult section, ooh, mm. um, do you think that they'd consider moving uh, moving films like uh, Free Guy and Death on the Nile to the service? Absolutely. Now, when you say adult section, you obviously mean like a more mature, like yeah. PG thirteen M rated, not like a you know kinky section. Um, yeah, but definitely they're talking about doing one called Star. Obviously, Disney owns Hulu. A lot of the twentieth century pictures and Fox stuff is on there. Um, but they're talking about opening one called Star, which is like an add on to Disney Plus. It's going to have um, a lot of uh, Fox catalog and twentieth century picture stuff, like Free Guy, Death on the Nile. That'll definitely move across to this Star. Whether that's a separate app 
or a add-on to Disney Plus, which is like an unlockable section. I believe that's the way they're going to go with that. Um, yeah, that, that will definitely be all that kind of stuff will go on there, and probably a lot of like the Touchstone Hollywood Pictures stuff, like uh, like um, Gone in sixty seconds and um, Armageddon and so The didn't Rock. Realize, didn't realize any of those. Were yeah, they're all Disney. Disney? They, like all those old. Um, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer films, produced films, they really? were all Disney. It was like this massive oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah, contract you had with Disney to do all those films. Um, so, yeah. Okay. The Gold the gold Shredder mm-hmm. uh, asks, favourite Disney-owned movie that is not branded as Disney? Uh, well, again, stuff like Gone in Gone, Gone 60, 60 Seconds as Gone well. Air, Armageddon. Armageddon uh, they were all Touchstone one. films. Um, but then you like like... Touchstone didn't only do like more adult stuff. They did a lot of stuff that was family friendly, but they would not. They would market it as Touchstone instead of Disney because maybe Disney had too many other movies out that year and they didn't want to look like they were overtaking the box office or they were maybe a bit risky. Roger Rabbit in particular. I remember listening to an interview with Leonard Moulton and obviously a very Disney film. You've got your characters, like cartoon characters in there, uh, but they were so worried about how well that would go down. Oh, do not... Jessica was a bit sick. Well, Jessica Rabbit was a bit, yeah, and it was yeah, it was a little bit like pushing the boundary a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I had heard this interview with Leonard Moulton where at the time he had a memo from Disney saying, do not say that this is a Disney movie. Wow. Do not say, make sure you do not say that this is a Disney film. Well, there, right? were, there were a lot of people that, are, that were obsessed with... Oh, Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah, I know. A friend of a guy I worked with, Dave, David Field. <laughs> <laughs> he was obsessed with Jessica yeah. Rabbit. Love Jessica Rabbit. So, so, so yeah, Roger Rabbit. I love one of my favorite movies ever. Even Father, Father of the Bride, Steve Martin. Like two of my favorite movies ever. Are uh, they? They were Touchstone films. Um, the Rocketeer. That's one that was again. That's a very family friendly movie, like a like a superhero thing. But it was like sort of a one that was maybe a little bit worried about. Maybe it wasn't going to go too well. Nightmare Before Christmas. Same thing. They weren't sure how well that movie was going to go down. In more recent years, they've slammed the Disney logo on that in re-releases. Same with uh, the Rocketeer because they've more of that like cult sort of status, and people love them. So you buy the Blu-ray, it's got Disney on there. But when they first came out, they didn't. Oh. Um, and one that I really love was called Life with Mikey, which is uh, Michael J. Fox. He played like a um, like an agent, like a, I think it was like a child agent or something. Uh, just a, a great films, really can't great films. I remember that one too. I, I have a vague recollection of that, but yeah. I can't remember. Um, uh, All be, right. Be Sponged. Yep. Uh, do you hope to see any movies uh, that released on – that released video on premium on video on demand back yep. in theatres one day. Um, yeah, we've spoken about this a few times. I feel like once cinemas are reopening, you're going to get stuff like Mulan, you're going to get stuff like Soul, uh, Tenet is probably going to open. Well, Tenet went to cinemas, but I feel like all these big movies um, that have either had you know, video on demand or small runs in cinemas will reopen back up and you get a chance to see them, even if it's just for a very it'll, small It'll probably be time. Only two, like a two-week run. Yeah, like a limited release. release. But I feel like we will. We'll get or a chance to a, see. Or maybe an IMAX release or something. Who knows, um, yeah. So let's get through this pretty quick. Yep. Uh, SFC, SFC Mr. Raccoon is why is Big Chung <laughs> why is Big Chungus in all of your Looney Tunes videos? Why not? Why not? I love Big Chungus. Everybody loves Big Chungus. I try, I try to slide every time I do a Looney Tunes evolution video Big Chungus is in there. It's just become a running joke. It pisses a lot of people off. Why is Big Chungus? Why you put Big Chungus in here again? It's just a fun little recurring gag. I find a way to squeeze in the Big Chungus 
And he's in the thumbnails too. People love it. People love me. He's a, he's a bit of fun. He's great. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Chantel Moore, why do you think the new? T- when do you think the new Tom and Jerry trailer will be in America? Um, I'm hearing like mid-November is going to be the the official release of the Tom and Jerry trailer. Yeah, uh, Myra Cordero. Yep. Uh, will you tell me when the trailer for the Tom and Jerry will come? And have Tom and Jerry been the great cat and mouse team of all? Uh, yeah, really again, uh, mid-November-ish, I'm hearing, maybe a little earlier. I will definitely do a, a video on the Tom and Jerry trailer when I'm allowed, when it comes out, um, you know, officially. Um, and, yes, Tom and Jerry are a great cat and mouse team. They're brilliant. Uh, Windows fan 2009, yep. what restaurant do you like to eat at? You had a good answer for that before. Any any restaurant that serves a damn good burger yeah, and that's chips. Right. And I love a good Italian An restaurant. Italian. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Berry, why do you own Minions T-shirt? I wore my Minions T-shirt on the show last week, and I own it because I love it. I love the Minions, and I wanted a bloody Minions T-shirt. So, and just quickly, um, last week Tom yes. Tom Budone oh, yeah. asked, "What's the what's the best or your favourite recasting of any character in any remake?" So now we asked, we couldn't really yeah. think of anything last week. No, but we've actually thought about it this time. You had a good one. Uh, which was uh, Will Smith in I Am Legend. Yes, brilliant. And oh, that was a great recast. Again, we said so many different versions of it, and Will Smith comes in great. Uh, one I thought of during the week um, is a film called Sabrina, uh, which was an old film with um, Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart, two of my favourite actors ever. And, you know, you've got a classic movie like that, and you make a, a, a remake, it's never any good. But they did a remake of Sabrina in the 90s. Uh, Harrison Ford was in the Bogart role and Julia Ormond uh, played the Audrey Hepburn role. And it's a great movie. Yeah. It's like one of those examples of just a really, really good remake that is almost as good as the first movie, if not as good as the, as the original one. So that's, that, that is my, my answer to that one right there. And that's just about it. Yeah, that's it. We're like just on the one one hour and 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can find me on YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under and over on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just search for me, of course. Otherwise, I've got like links down in the description, all that stuff. Uh, this episode's going out on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Visual Elements is also available for you on YouTube. Again, that goes out two days earlier to Patreon supporters on the Saturday. Uh, so if you'd like to support the channel for as little as a dollar a month, you can do that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Dave Lee Down Under. Um, if you are listening on podcast platforms, please leave good reviews. Only good ones. Only the good ones. Thank you very much. All right, a YouTube preview very quickly. Last week I launched my top 10 scariest Looney Tunes cartoons ranking video. A bunch of cartoon news last week. Um, and I've just launched my October Blu-ray and DVD update on Saturday. Of course, if you're a patron and you're listening on Saturday, may not be up yet, but it will be by the end of the day. Uh, I've just announced my big slate for November as well, as I always do on the first of the month. If you're a patron supporter and you're listening on Saturday, you're getting a very nice early scoop, which is one of the perks of being a patron supporter. Um, so uh, coming up this month, um, well, this week, actually, I'll be launching my Pixar ranking, Volume 2, The Golden Age. Ooh, I'm I looking su- forward to that one. I was supposed to do it last month. That covers uh, everything from Cars, Toy Story 2, Wally, Ratatouille, Up. Uh, that'll probably be up around Thursday this week. Um, and later in the month, we've got my Evolution of Charlie Brown, Snoopy and Peanuts gang. 
Ooh, um, we'll, love Charlie Brown. Yeah, your favourite. favourite when I was a kid. Um, we'll have the voice evolution for Charlie Brown as well. Um, and I'm going to have a surprise evolution this month. Mm. Oh, I don't want to say too much about it. I know what it. it is. You know what it is. I'm yes. very excited about it. Um, one that a lot of people really want. So we're going to do it. We're trying something a little bit different. Um, it's going to be the first in. It's it's part of the Cartoon Evolution series. That's maybe a bit of a spin-off kind of thing. It's going to be called Cartoon Evolution Shorts which is a short-form evolution which goes for around 10 minutes. So it's a series, a side series I'm going to kind of reserve for smaller characters that have less history than the characters that weren't like a 30- or 40-minute video, right? And you're going to love it. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Um, I feel like I'm biting off maybe a little bit more than I can chew this month. Two evolutions. I'm going to keep going. We're going to do it. So there you go. Patreon supporters got a nice little early scoop. Uh, but otherwise, there you go. Of course, plenty of reviews over October. A bunch of Disney Plus stuff. Marvel 616. Uh, a remake of Black Beauty with Kate Winslet. Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Inside Pixar doco series. All on Disney Plus. I'm going to be covering all of that stuff and whatever else comes up around uh, around the time as well throughout the month. Again, if you want to write into the show, you can shoot an email to DaveLeePod at gmail.com. Otherwise, thanks for listening. And thanks to old mate Rick for joining me once thanks, again. Dave. And thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Take it easy, Take guys. it easy. Take care.